Welcome back. We are back for the second episode of What's Up Whitecaps. Again, we're your hosts, Ben Steiner and me, Tom Currier. And today we'll bring you up to date with everything Whitecaps. In this episode, we will review the 3-2 loss to Minnesota on opening day, look at how the under-23s are doing, check in on injuries, and preview this week's tilt with Real Salt Lake. Now, I just want to quickly say, in the last episode, I actually made a bold prediction that Theo Bear would score 10 goals. I actually meant to say Freddie Montero is going to score 10 goals this season. Very sorry about that. I'm sure there was a couple of you know, turn heads when that happened. So first thing, we're going to recap the Minnesota game. Ben, what did you think? What are your thoughts on the game? I thought it was pretty clear that this is a new group of players. We had nine players on the Whitecaps make their Vancouver MLS debut. Uh, And I think it's not to be surprised that they had some defensive faults. And of course, they didn't have a left back either with both Brett Levi's and newcomer Scott Sutter out with injury. So it wasn't the ideal situation to opening the season. And you played Derek Cornelius, left back, a natural center back, and you have him go up against one of the best wingers in the league, Darwin Quintero. He led the league in chances created last season. Uh, And it just wasn't really there for the Whitecaps. And you could see that they had quite a bit of confusion, especially going forward. Yep, completely agree. I I definitely feel, when I was watching the game, I feel – for the future long run, I reckon Huang and Eris look like a solid midfield duo that can make a good amount of damage. However, Krapu, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly, but the goalkeeper for the Whitecaps, three shots on goal and one save? No, not a great start. And However, if we're taking a positive from this, there were little shots on net. So, Yes, the defense wasn't perfect as we did not have a left back, but this was very promising, especially considering one of our defenders actually scored the first goal of the season. So it shows a lot of it. It shows it shows a lot of promise, which I think is going to be great for sure. For me, kind of the worst thing was the defense mm-hmm. and the organization of the defensive. Well, the defensive structure. Mm-hmm. I just felt like a lot of our guys were certainly lost, especially Cornelius on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can't blame him. Though. Can't blame him. He's not a left back, and he's a young Canadian. Uh, but our center backs, Godoy and Henry, while they did score the two goals, yes, it's great you have your defenders chipping in with goals. Makes me worry about the offense though, because Freddie Montero, Yoki Nardiaz, Lucas Venuto, uh, and all our new attacking talents, they just weren't there. And so for me, some bad things about this game. I just. I think the offense struggled. I think the defense was disorganized and everyone looked a little lost out there. And I just can't see this team putting in a performance like that and being able to score from open play. So Tom, what was your kind of best thing about the game? My best thing? Well, as I said before, you know, we had 101 successful passes from Eris and 57 from Huang. That is, that's a great start, especially for these two players, especially Huang, who's come from a very different background. He's never really played in a league like the MLS. He played, I think, in the Korean second division a little bit. But for him to come all the way to uh, America or Canada and have a performance like that really shows, I think, promise. And Eris, of course, 101 successful passes. That is not easy to do, especially in only 90 minutes for a new player coming in with a new team. It's very hard to get a string of passes together, but they seem to be able to 
I felt they were to do that very well. However, you know, as you said, when they've got the attacking going on, I think, you know, there needs to be some sorting out. But I feel the best thing, the midfield, they were doing their part. However, as we said, the defence and attack do need some help. Yeah, definitely highlighting Ariche and Inbom and their contributions to the team. Inbom, I really liked his feistiness. And late in the game when Henry had uh, brought us within one goal, uh, you could see Inbom really get intense and drive his teammates forward. And that's something I feel that was missing in the Whitecaps the last years was that intensity later in the games and the kind of drive to finish off a decent performance. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get that final goal mm-hmm. on opening day, but seeing Inbom drive his team forward, and you could even hear him on the TV broadcast shouting, go forward, go forward, uh, in his limited English. That was something I really, really like to see. And with Ariche, his control in the midfield, I mean, we mentioned those 101 passes. That's actually a Whitecaps record uh, since Pedro Morales. Really? That's crazy. Uh, and so his control and successful passes, I think, is going to be crucial to the Whitecaps this year. And I think that's part of the reason why they brought him in and part of the reason why they gave him the captaincy. Who do you want to see more from? Oh, who do I want to see more from? I want to see more from the uh, goalie. That just was not a good performance. And I understand, you know, it's a new team. However, no, three shots on goal and three shots going in the back of the net is not acceptable, especially at a MLS level. To have three shots, no. And only one save, no. That's I feel he needs to be able to step up his game or we switch to our substitute uh, goalkeeper. I don't know if you can really refer to Zach McMath as a substitute goalkeeper because he's he's been in MLS for a while, and this was Crapo's first MLS start. Yeah. Uh, so I think they'll battle it out. And, of course, uh, we actually signed a new goalkeeper today. We did, uh, yes. Uh, from Saskatchewan, and that gets us to our development update. We have Thomas Hassel. Thomas, Thomas Hassel, uh, 19-year-old from Saskatchewan who's come to the academy and has looked very promising for uh, the Whitecaps. I think it's awesome that we're signing another academy kid. It really shows, you know, that we have a belief in our academy, especially after success we've had in the past uh, year with Alfonso Davies. And uh, Hassel actually becomes the second Saskatchewan-born player on the Whitecaps, just behind Brett Levi's. Nice, nice. And also we signed our super draft pick, Brendan McDonough. Uh, he signed as well, so that should be, you know, should be promising. Obviously, they're not going to be starting on the team straight away, but, you know, for the future, could could be really good in the long run. With McDonough, I think it's a little un- unexpected that we signed him because usually you're not getting second-round Super Draft picks to sign. True. It, it was a surprise. It wasn't expected, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. In his interview after the signing, MDS did say that McDonough isn't going to be playing on the first team uh, he'll be training with the first team and on a first team contract, but we'll be spending most of his time on the under-23 development squad. Speaking of the under-23 development squad, um, they, had, they had a couple of games lately. Me and Ben actually got to go see the game against UBC where they had a 3-2 loss. Ben, what did you think of that game that we watched? Well, it was a very young lineup that they fielded against UBC, of course, with the Whitecaps first team opening the next day, players like Simon Colin were training with the first team at BC Place and weren't available for the match. Um, and they just looked kind of a little young for mm-hmm. UBC. UBC, of course, uh, has Pacific FC's Zach Verhoeven 
in for the meantime, and former Whitecap Caleb Clark as well. Uh, so they just looked kind of too small and a bit outmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, but in their other games, they were playing the Vancouver Metro Soccer League All-Stars, and they stepped up to the men. But again, they just looked a little small, and I think that's kind of a theme you're going to be seeing with this under-23 team, uh, giving these young players chances. While it's great that they're getting chances to play and game time and stuff like that, playing them against men and adults, they're going to struggle. Yeah, for and sure. Anyone's going to struggle in that situation. So how do you think they should play then? How do you think the U23s should go forward with this? I think keep doing what you're doing. Uh, clearly, the Fresno affiliation didn't work last year. Um and so Whitecaps 2 is no longer. So you need a place for these guys to play. They can't just train. Mm-hmm. And so it's good what they have, but they should look at something a little more substantial in the future. Okay. Maybe a USL USL Div 3 team. Good. That's all good. Good ideas. So we've got an injury update. Would you like to give the injury updates, Ben? Well, there's a few injuries on the Whitecaps right now. Russell Tybert has returned to full training and is expected to be in the 18 this weekend. Which is awesome. Yeah, he's definitely a servant to the club, being this being his 11th season Jeez. in Vancouver. Uh, Brett Levice is still up for out of contention for a few weeks, and Kamiri has a long time to go. Of course, he had surgery in the offseason, and so he's still recovering from that and has yet to participate in a training session with the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to our first interview guest now, Gary Kern. He is the principal of the senior school at St. George's in Vancouver, and he used to play for the Canadian national team. So here's our interview. I'm here with Gary Kern. Currently, he's the principal of St. George's School in Vancouver, but prior to teaching, he played soccer at the highest level this country has to offer. He spent time playing for the Winnipeg Fury in the old Canadian Soccer League, and played for the under-23 national team under legendary Whitecaps coach Tony Waiters. Pleased to have you on, Gary. Ah, thanks, Ben. You, you do know that just by having me on the podcast doesn't mean you're going to get a higher grade. Oh, I know that. <laughs> All right. The Whitecaps are celebrating their 40th season this year, of course, and 40th season since the 1979 Soccer Bowl. And, of course, you played under Tony Waiters, who was the coach of that legendary team. So what was the experience like playing under Tony Waiters and a coach of that stature? And what was it like uh, playing for the national team at that level? Yeah, well, I think, God, I was pretty young when I first met Tony Waiters. And I think what was was interesting, he was a little bit intimidating because you don't come across a guy very often who's played in England, played in Liverpool. He tells the story of Pelé taking a free kick against him when he was playing for England in Brazil and getting scored on by Pelé. So it's a little bit intimidating uh, to be around a, a, such an accomplished person. Uh, and I think the best part, uh, when I look back at my time with Tony Waiters is how much he loved loved the game, right? So he's always into these small-sided games, and he was getting a little bit older uh, when, when he coached me, but he would join in and he would try and play, and he just loved it. And for for us, it kind of showed as, as Canadian kids uh, just the magnitude of the importance of, of the game of soccer around the world, right? And I think that's kind of what the playing playing for Canada showed me is that, you know, remember I'm getting old, and back in our day, there wasn't the internet and there wasn't this sense of, of what was happening all over the world. It was really hard to see a, a premiership game on TV. 
Uh, so we got to travel. And we actually got to see what's what soccer meant to so many other countries. So that was probably my best my best experience playing for Canada. What was his coaching style compared to other coaches that you played for? So again, the you know we're going back into the 1980s, early 1990s here, and so Tony was a huge strategy guy. He was very very big tactician. He believed in one way of playing the game. And he wanted us to know it well. He wanted us to be automatic. So we played a 4-4-2. We pressed high up the field. We wanted to make sure we got balls into dangerous locations. He did not want us messing around with the ball at the back. And that was a different era, right? That's how we we played the game. And so we were tough defensively. You know, we were tenacious uh, offensively. And uh, uh, I do recall him making one statement in, in a game which suggests his coaching style, which is uh, – uh, he said something to the effect that, remember, when we start the game, we already have one point. Let's not lose it. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of our listeners can liken that to Carl Robinson and his strategy with the Whitecaps over the past few years. Um, so Mike Mosher, uh, he was one of your teammates at Winnipeg um, during your Canadian Soccer League days, and he is now coaching the UBC varsity men's soccer team. Do you follow the Canadian college soccer scene at all? I don't follow the scene very much, but Mike Mosher and I go way, all the way back to UBC. So we played together as uh, as UBC Thunderbird, and we won we won three national championships uh, together, and then two with our club team. Um, so I'm in touch with Mike fairly often, and I what I understand the game of soccer, even for for CIS, has changed a lot. It's it's fast. It's it's very skillful. I don't think I'd actually make the team anymore because the players are so good. And you guys played together in Winnipeg in the old Canadian Soccer League. How did you end up in Winnipeg coming from Calgary? Oh, God. Well, because I think the, all the top players played for the Vancouver uh, 86ers. And then the second kind of group of us, we ended up getting dispersed into the Prairie team. So I actually, I got drafted by Edmonton. I got traded to Calgary. And then I got traded to Winnipeg. So I played in three teams in five years. And uh, Mike goes almost the same way. I think he played in Edmonton and then got traded to Winnipeg. So we ended up there for two seasons together. And I assume you've heard of this new Canadian Premier League that's coming up? I have, yeah. Uh, what do you think of that compared to the old CSL? And where do you see this Canadian Premier League kind of fitting in in the Canadian soccer scene? I think it's 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 a great to have a place for Canadian kids to play. So I'm really happy that um, there's now a professional league where kind of purely Canadian kids can go and, and have a place go i think it's it's got one advantage and one disadvantage from when i played in the canadian soccer league the advantage is i think soccer is more popular now as a, as a nation i think people are excited about it and want to support it um the disadvantage though is that there's an mls and so it's kind of like the second tier league and um back when we played in the canadian soccer league there was no american league like we were it so if you were the best player uh, in Canada, this is where you played is in, in the CSL. That's kind of what you're aspiring to to get to. And so it'll have that disadvantage of being kind of a second tier league to the MLS. But as far as giving kids a chance to play, I think that's amazing. Do you think that it could one day be considered kind of on the same level as, as MLS or is it more destined to be something like the CFL? Uh, you know, I, I think the challenge we face in Canada is the distance between cities. And so therefore, it makes competing so much more expensive. And I think as a result, you know, I think the CFL struggles with it. You got to get in a plane to play any game. And I think 
the, the soccer team in Canada will have that same challenge. I mean, our populations are less, right? So I think it'd probably be more of a supportive league than a, a Premier League. I mean, the travel is ridiculous in the Canadian Premier League. The first game is going to be Pacific FC coming from Victoria, traveling to Halifax of all places. So you're definitely not seeing that in England. Yeah, either. not only time, but expe- you know, incredibly expensive to get the teams out. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the Whitecaps right now? Uh, well, I, I enjoy watching the Whitecaps, especially live. I find that the speed and the skill, right, watching the live soccer is, is quite high. Um, my, kind of my, my thoughts or my, my worries around them is just around the development of more Canadian kids on the team. And I, I get that it's a, it's a North American league, so we have Canadians playing in, in the, the south of the border, but I often wonder why we're not getting more of our Canadian-based players through, through the system don't have any answers i just kind of wonder why that's why that's happening yeah and lastly just to close off you're working in administration at a school now you were a professional soccer player how did that happen well how how did you get here you you can't play soccer forever and so i was really fortunate that my soccer allowed me to get my degrees uh, and uh, teaching something that i love doing so once my soccer career ended I was really happy to to get into a classroom and then once you get in the classroom I actually think some of my soccer skills came out right it's organizing being part of a team and that kind of led me into becoming a principal Um, not sure how I got to St. George's but uh, that's kind of how I got to become a principal thanks for coming on today and it was a pleasure having you Good, good luck with the podcast Ben So in the second week of the MLS season, the Whitecaps are taking on Rail Salt Lake. The Whitecaps, uh, this is their first away trip of the year. So what are your predictions for the game and kind of what would you like to see from the Whitecaps in their second game of the season? Well, I think this could be a really good opportunity to get a first win of the season. I reckon my prediction for the score is going to be 2-1 Whitecaps. And what I want to see is two things. I want Freddie Montero to get his goal and... I want the goalie to do much better. Crapo, I want him to do much better. So you're still giving Crapo the start, not McManus necessarily? I'm still giving him the start, but I want him to do better. If not, I want McManus to get the position. I, And who do, you, who do you want to see something more from other than the goalkeeper? Well, as I said before, Montero, I want him to score a goal. I need to see a Montero goal this, uh, this week. I think Montero, especially in the last game, he, there was a lack of service to him. And so hopefully as the team begins to gel and click a bit more, he gets some more service. And he's a player who likes to play the ball on the ground. So if he can play the ball on the ground, especially against a team like RSL uh, and at altitude, um, he should be able to find success. For me, I have the Whitecaps coming out with the victory in this one. It's going to be another high-scoring game. It's going to be 3-1 the Whitecaps. Uh and I want to see more from PC. Uh, I thought in his 20-minute kind of cameo appearance on Saturday against Minnesota, he showed well, and he was quick getting up the pitch. And he's a small guy, but I think on the left side of defense, he's going to be a guy who is going to shore up that a bit better than Cornelius, especially going forward, and maybe allow the Whitecaps to play with the ball on the ground a little more um, rather than just hoofing the ball up and hoping, hoping Montero can do something with it. So what do you see in RSL as a challenge to the Whitecaps? They got a very, I feel they have a very good defense, especially looking at that game, the game they played last week. 
Uh, but I reckon we're just going to be able to break through it. I reckon, I reckon the way we play, the way I saw we played uh, last week, I think we're going to break through that defense. So let's let's just see what happens. Yeah, their defense has definitely been pretty good, especially with uh, aging netminder Nick Romando. And he's very good. He, he's a legend in MLS. Uh, it'll definitely take a solid Whitecaps performance to beat this RSL side. So that pretty much wraps up the podcast for this week. We are actually available on anywhere you can find your podcasts, and we thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we'll have another guest who is yet to be revealed, and uh, thanks for listening. All right. We'll see you guys next week, uh, and we're going to review the game. All right. See you later.